so obviously this is not 48 dogs. Um, and yet, what I was just realizing and thinking through is you are here for a reason and they're not here for a reason. And that's good. So I'm going to give you everything I have for the next 10 minutes. All right. So this is just an intro of why we picked this topic this year. Um, so the topic you've probably seen is the household, how to have a biblical, healthy household. And so I'm going to give you, I think, nine reasons, eight reasons why we did this topic in 10 minutes. Um, so hang on. I'm going to speak fast. Hopefully this is helpful for you. I, I'm helped by this. So number one, we're doing it for the glory of God. Very basic, but that's where we start off. Remember that all of us are image bearers of God. We are all walking around as statues, showing the character of God, showing what he's like by the way we relate with each other, the way we live, his rule and his reign. And one of the institutions that God has given us is the household and the household will either give a accurate picture of God who's the the original household the community of faith the the father the son the spirit our families our households are going to give a picture of the ultimate household and so if we get the our households wrong we're deeply giving a uh misguided miss uh, inaccurate view of what the Father and the Son and the Spirit are like. And so we are passionate about glorifying God. And so therefore we must be passionate about the household, no matter your station. Now, the next seven reasons are not in order of importance. Number two, most of our problems in our society, as you guys know, break down because of the the breakdown of the family. Most of the issues of our society finds its roots in the breakdown of the family. Um, if you understand anything about social scientists and so sociology, almost there's almost no agreement on anything. You can always find a study to prove why your position is true versus another study. But one area that almost all social scientists have almost unanimous agreement on is the importance of healthy families and how that has a, uh, millions of effects in, in everything down to your likelihood of going to jail or drug use to wealth and every little aspect of our society that breaks down can be traced often to a breakdown in the family. And so if we want to care about holistic um, life and, and blessing to our world, we have to start with the family. Number three, we've had a ton of families as a young church uh, and this has been a requested topic for many years that we just haven't been able to oblige. And part of our commitment to teach the whole counsel of God is teaching on how to have a healthy household. And we haven't really done much of that. It's usually been on a smaller case, one-on-one uh, -on -one or podcast or books. But this is the first time we're tackling this. So we're, we're, we're trying to be faithful, faithful to the whole counsel of scripture. Um, number four, singles need this teaching as well. I know uh, right now, I think we only have one of our singles here. Alex, you're the man. Uh, there were supposed to be like seven other singles who are coming tonight. So I don't know where they were, where they are right now. Um, so if you're a single, you could think, how does this have relevance to you? And I think all of us are going to ask that question in different sessions. If you don't have kids, you're like, how does that have relevance to you? Uh, there's going to be certain sessions you're going to be like, I don't know why that matters to me. 
But let me remind all of you that we're all called to be disciple makers of all kinds of people. And if you don't know how to disciple the household, you can't really disciple the majority of all people who live, right? And so even single people like Alex, God willing, God will give him a great spouse soon. But even if he, God doesn't, he needs to be able to disciple me and disciple you. And, and so knowing what a healthy household will look like is essential how we can pray and partner with each other as we seek the good of each other. Um, number five. Our Western culture is largely against the biblical vision of family. Everything is stacked against us, church. To have a biblical household, more and more people won't get married. Um, Minneapolis has increasingly become becoming like Seattle, where there's more pets than there are people, right? And so the common thing in my, my neighborhood is that you have two people who are not married, but they're together, and then they have no kids, and they have puppies and animals right because kids are seen as a burden they're seen as a hindrance to your individual goals and so the western culture is stacked against to push against a biblical vision of family and even if you do embrace a biological family it's often going to be deeply shaped by the worldview of consumerism and all these different isms so we need a more compelling vision of family to give to the world the world's vision of family is falling down and it's it's not enough and we as a church can present a more compelling beautiful vision the vision that god has number six not only does our western culture get it wrong all of our cultures get it wrong in the ancient context of jesus it was collectivist honor shame other cultures like my culture i come from korean culture the family unit is prior, prioritized over the individual. While in the Western context, it's the opposite, right? The individual is prioritized over the family. However, as you probably know, this emphasis can be excessive when you choose the overall group over the individual. And most importantly, the strength and health of your family will be based on how much your family overall collective vision is, is given a beautiful, powerful vision and purpose that's greater than the family. See, collectivist cultures fall short when the vision is solely around helping the family succeed and get more glory and more honor for themselves. And so even collectivist cultures miss the mark because they are not ultimately living for the greater vision that God has for us. And so we want to give even a higher purpose and a goal than just individuals exist for the family. No, the family exists for something bigger, and that's what we're going to be talking about. Number seven, we want to love what God loves. What I mean by that, in light of our culture that pushes against the biblical worldview, a lot of times we can be sheepish, timid about the biblical worldview. If you haven't given yourself over to liberal kind of theology regarding the family and just kind of destroy the family and make it whatever you want to. And if you hold on to what the Bible teaches, often in our circles, we're kind of like, yeah, the Bible says that. I kind of hate it, but you know, he says it, so I believe it. You know what I'm saying? Like we timidly hold it. We're kind of embarrassed by God and his vision of family. And as disciples of Jesus, we want to love what Jesus loves. We want to believe that what he says, even if it offends us, even if it goes against our instincts, 
that our instincts are wrong, his instincts are right. And we want to submit to his picture of the family and increasingly grow. And every single session this week is going to offend you as it offends me at different levels. And that is, what, what is that? That's my detox process of the worldliness coming out, worldliness coming out of my heart. You know, all of us are affected by this, this contagion of our culture of how we view family. And so we want to love what God loves and not just be, uh, just, um, kind of, I, I believe it, but I hate it. Number eight, our church will only be as strong as healthy and healthy as our families for a number of reasons, but we have this local church we have, but our local church is filled and comprised of little mini churches, little mini households. So the household of God is made up of households. And if our households aren't healthy, the household of God will not be healthy. And, and so it's not either or, it's both and. And as a church, we've really spent a lot of time talking about what a healthy church should be like, healthy, healthy discipleship. But this has been a weakness within the household, especially with a lot of young families. And we're like, we have no idea what we're doing. And so we're trying to figure out how do we win at home? Because if we win at home and we'll define what winning looks like more and more, then we're, our church is going to increasingly be healthier. So the plan this week, tomorrow morning, Ross is going to preach on husbands and wives. And notice we're not just saying generic terms like marriage or parenting, but there's a unique design God has between these roles. And I know that our culture is increasingly washing these roles away. They're just one of the same, just do what you feel like doing, do what works. But there's good design and we're going to try to get at that. Tomorrow night, I'm going to teach on fathers and mothers. Please pray for me. I'm still trying to land it. It's difficult. I, I, I've worked on it, by the way. I haven't not worked on it, but trying to land it at the very end. Uh, number three, we're, Scott's going to teach on how Jesus values children, which I don't naturally value children. Like that's, I need more renewal there. And I'm loving, loving to value children like Jesus says. And then Pastor Daniel is going to teach on singles. And then Pastor Dale is going to teach on 1 John 5 for our last uh, for on Sunday morning for first John. Now, let me say one final thing. <clears throat> I do, I do not want to give you the impression that the pastors have already arrived at a perfect understanding of what the Bible teaches about family. Like we're constantly trying to be renewed and grow in this. Um, as a team, we've been carefully re-examining the Bible on this topic for many months, along with our wives. And even before, it's not like we just first started reading about the family recently, but we're, we're understanding areas that and seeing areas that we've just been weakened and areas that we haven't, we need to grow in. And so we want to welcome you into that, but not welcome you into that from a place of arrival. Um, like I'm going to teach on parenting in some sense, husbands and uh, fathers and mothers. And I know every one of you guys have opinions about my kids. Like you do. You all have opinions about my kids and how we parent. And that's going to be a hurdle in some ways. Uh, but don't let my lack of arrival in, in the perfection or the lack there of perfection of my parenting uh, shoot the messenger. Um, we're, we're humbly trying to seek the Lord and seek his word and, and show you what we see in scripture and invite you on this journey as we seek to be faithful to God. And that, that goes for Ross, you know, and his marriage. And he's teaching on marriage, you know, tomorrow, tomorrow morning, you know. Um, so we, we just want you to know that we're, we're trying hard to be convictional about the things that are really clear and then open-handed and charitable 
in the areas that are more application oriented of how it looks like in the day-to-day -day life. And we just welcome you into that wrestle as we're wrestling with these things. And if, if you really go through the word, some of these things are more simple than people make it. And then some of these, some areas in the scripture are a lot more complex than people make it. So we want to welcome you into that struggle. So thank you so much for being at Family Camp. And those are the eight reasons why we are focusing on the household. All right. Well done, yep. Okay.